0: you're listening to the evolution exchange podcast australia a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in sydney i'm danny and i help connect businesses with top tech talent and today i'm your host okay welcome back to another episode of the evolution exchange podcast um First of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone joining me today discussing observability in the cloud, which is a very, very meaty topic. Um, Joined by a fantastic panel, um, and I'm going to start the podcast off by asking you who you are, what you do, and what you're passionate about. Um, You know, I'm happy to go first. Um, So my name's Danny. I'm part of Evolution's team of recruitment consultants. I specialize in recruiting contract DevOps and cloud engineers in Sydney. I'm particularly passionate about helping teams scale up and grow during exciting digital transformation phases. Um, Zach, I'm gonna throw over to you if you'd like to kick things off.
1: Fantastic, Danny. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me here and uh, really excited to chat about this topic. Um, so Zach, I'm the CTO at Linktree, uh, been with Linktree for about six months now, uh, having a great time. Wow. It's a really, really fantastic time uh, to be at Linktree as we're going through our scale growth. So, um, you know, this topic has been particularly, uh, you know, it's a passionate area of mine, uh, having worked at companies like Atlassian and AWS before where um, you know, we've faced a lot of problems around scaling uh, our observability system. So excited to dive in.
2: Amazing. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I'm Suketu uh, and and uh, I'm the CTO of Conflow. We are a startup and we are hoping to build a quantitative investment platform to automate portfolio modeling, reporting, research and monitoring uh this is largely targeted uh, at enterprise uh, uh companies uh, institutional investors uh, in that space superannuation and uh, uh, insurance companies and the likes uh and uh, i'm i'm really passionate uh, building and designing uh, uh products so this is this is something uh, that i've been i've been wanting to do and this is really living my passion at the moment uh, as the city of conflow um yeah, and, and thank you, Danny, for inviting me over. No problem. Thanks for joining us.
0: Um, to kick things off then with the first question, um, this one came from Suketu. So it's regarding observability, how much is too much? So this is getting the balance right between too few observations and too many. Would you like to kind of elaborate on that a little bit for us, Suketu?
2: Yeah, I think when we start uh, building and monitoring our systems, there's there's all sorts of metrics that actually look at uh, you look at uh, uh, various logs. You want to identify what are the specific errors or exceptions you want to want to manage. You want to look at uh, system metrics, CPU utilization, memory utilization, and there's a there's a ton of things that need to uh, to be looked at in in terms of an operational uh, uh, management of that system. Once you go live, you have to have a good handle on a lot of these things. But it often turns out that what what you put in as as a uh monitoring and alerting system uh, sort of is going overboard you have a, a lot of different messages coming through especially when you're uh, trying to uh, update a bunch of people for for uh, important uh, messages if a system has gone down or, or s- some significant errors somewhere uh, that sort of tends to become uh, a bit much at some stage so i think it, that there's a bit of an art trying to identify very specific things that are really relevant to those relevant people who can take immediate action to rectify that situations. So uh, that that that's really something that I found quite hard, and it's it's always evolving. Uh, so I, I guess uh, you know there's there's a bit of art and there's a there's a bit of science, but I guess uh, would le- like to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, you know that's a fantastic question. I think um, every team that I've worked with. Has struggled with this uh, this question, and um, you know the where where I start with this, or at least I you know personally, if I had to share an opinion, that would be what are the metrics that actually help you identify your customer's journey, and starting there is often one of the best ways to you know set up your metrics and find that right balance. I often see a lot of teams you know, looking at CPU utilization, memory utilization, network utilization, and they're you know, they're incredibly obsessed with what's happening behind their firewall. But sometimes, you know, your your requests may not even get to your your load balancers, they may not even land on your server. So, you know, there is the uh, there's a whole bunch of the network that's totally out of your control. So I think for me, if I were to start with the philosophy or at the, you know, with the principle, it would be how how are you measuring the customer experience? You know, and, and I think it's different for, for different companies out there. Um, you know, for me, it's can, you know, at Linktree, it's can a user update their profile? And is that profile, you know, synchronized or do we have entropy? And how fast is the profile being served to the viewers? If I can measure that, I know this, this is going to sound very bold. I can actually live without understanding what's happening behind the scenes for a short period of time, as long as I can understand the customer journey. So let me, let me start there, and I'll turn the, turn, turn the yeah. mic back to you uh, to get your thoughts on that.
2: No, well, I think uh, it's actually a very interesting way of thinking about it, I, and I, I think I completely agree that you need to be able to uh, understand your customer's journey well, and and to be able to uh, get to a point where you are you are assessing or able to assess very quickly uh, whether you your customer's journey is compromised in some shape or form, and 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 of course uh, you know resource utilization and metrics. Um, are a lot less important uh, in in that context. Right? I I completely agree because that that that's the the uh, piece that you do after you realize that something is amiss. Um, and 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 absolutely, I think uh, and and to that, um, my how I gravitate to thinking is is that what are the tools that I'd be using and what are the screens that I'd be seeing as an as an operator of the system. Uh, and 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 to your point, uh, would you would you be looking at mainly the systems that are um, uh, mimicking the user? Would you actually set something up like that and give that priority? Put that up on, on large television screens everywhere? How do you actually uh, deal with the uh, customer journey problem? Yeah,
1: you know. Um... I think there are there are probably a couple of different ways to ways to look at this. I would say, you know, obviously once you have your once you have a set of dashboards that help you understand the customer metrics, I or excuse me, the customer journey, you have to have alerts on those. You know, if it falls below a threshold or it exceeds a certain threshold, and what I mean by that is, you know, your request volume falls below a certain threshold that may actually mean something bad is happening. Or if your latency goes above a certain threshold, that means you're providing a terrible customer experience. So I think having, you know, alerts based on plain heuristics is probably the best way for your, best way for most teams to start before you start to get into more, you know, intelligent systems and, and whatnot. But what I'll also say is, you know, there's a philosophy that hey, do you need to track this if it's not actionable? I think you do, and you know, I I think you do because you you want full visibility of your system, but that can sit in a secondary dashboard. And I think yep. data visualization, how you present that, how you craft those dashboards is an art. And I think yep. teams are constantly having to change up their dashboards. There is no perfect dashboards yep. out there. Yep. you know it depends on the type of problem that you're solving. Um, but what I will say is you know what's also very important are the rituals you know, we were, while we're talking about the, the bits and bytes and tracking those and putting the alerts on it, the, the discipline around reviewing your dashboards on a weekly basis, on a fortnightly basis is just as important as the alerts that you're putting on them, dissecting them, understanding them, questioning them. Um, yep. I think that's, that's really important part of, you know, observability that we don't talk about very often.
2: I think great point. I, I and and to that, I think one of the things that I've always found very challenging is that uh, since we are all uh, uh, moving towards devops if we if if we aren't already, uh, you know it's it's that it's that switch between trying to support a system and and be very cognizant of something that is happening to your system either in real time or in retrospect is is a real real challenge for most of us where we are oh, if you're a developer first then ah uh, maybe i can leave that to later <laughs> you know that kind of an attitude uh, but i think it's it's really crucial i think um, uh, and and i've actually consciously chosen roles uh, in in sgx in my previous organization uh, where i was actually looked at as as mostly an architect where, where you design systems and, and i said i can't do a better job at architecture unless i actually have some experience of the operational requirements of the system because we it, it's it's this typical thing that you throw over the uh, wall and the operational guys are struggling with things uh, but yeah I, th- I think it's 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 really important to get that uh, practice to actually review Uh, what the dashboard or what your logs are telling you on a periodic basis, whether there is a change to to the normal and and things like that. No, brilliant point. I think that's really, really important. I think that's also a a difficult thing to uh, uh, put in practice uh, unless you've got a very uh, enlightened team. I think that that, that's probably uh, uh, something that we all struggle with, I guess.
0: Amazing. Um, And I think that kind of takes us on quite nicely to anomaly detection, which could probably be a whole topic in itself. Um, So what metrics do you monitor and implement anomaly detection on and why? Zach, do you want to kind of give some insight to that for us?
1: Absolutely. You know, this is anomaly detection. I have a love-hate relationship, you know, because it is very hard to you know, uh, develop the, de- you know, the standard deviation that you have to set up to set up for your metrics. Uh, and frankly, it's quite expensive to set up anomaly detection in a lot of your systems. So, um, you know, Sketia, I'd, I'd love to turn this over to you and, and get some yeah. guidance on how you think about it and you uh, know, what metrics, so, yeah. uh, do you leverage? I
2: think, uh, and and this is uh, perhaps uh, i i don't know whether i'd give you a very good answer on this but one of the things that uh, uh, really uh, matters is is what are those key metrics that you're looking at uh, which uh, if they change you would have you'd have difficulty maintaining your system and uh, what i find constantly and and i have have had Uh, several systems which were public facing large websites uh, and one of the most important metric in that context was uh, the number of requests per second so are you able to support that kind of thing and that that became the most critical piece for us to measure Uh, the second most critical piece and very related piece there was was the bandwidth allocation of course we couldn't hog the entire bandwidth that the organization had so we had a quality of service applied to it Um, and and that then meant that uh, the, the traffic would be shaped down uh, if, if there was uh, low utilization and, and, and we would get additional bandwidth otherwise if, if there was. But that actually got us into a lot of trouble uh, with, uh, with, with these kind of uh, areas where, where uh, you would have on occasion when there was a certain event you would you would find that there's a very large surge of volume. And those are uh, volumes that are unexpected, especially when it's something that is public-facing and you have no control over who can access your, your resources. It's It can be a very hard challenge to manage. But I guess what I'm saying there is that it really depends on, on what what specific uh, uh, solution you are trying to uh, monitor. And, 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 and for the public websites, of course, it was very obvious. Uh, for what we are building now, I think, uh, uh, the the detection uh, anomaly detection would be in in context of of user experience because we're trying to build something that that uh, not only gives uh, uh, gets you all the modeling that you need but you need to do it in 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 as frictionless uh, manner as possible and that comes back to your point about uh, your customer journeys really in 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 that sense as to you know how how does the user experience our system and that's equally important to us. Other than giving them the quantitative uh, the finance models that we need to, but I, I guess uh, there's there's no uh, clear answer there. I, I don't know whether I have actually said said something or nothing at all. But yeah, I, I, I'd hear your opinion on that. No, I think
1: uh, there is a there's there's some comfort that I can take in you know recognizing that it is a complex problem and there isn't a silver bullet answer to this. But you know constantly going back to the customer you know it seems to be the the universal truth when it comes to observability you know at the end of the day what you're trying to do is is give your customers a great experience and anything that gets in the way of that that those are the things that you need to monitor and and alert on and put put anomaly detection on where where appropriate absolutely and
2: and 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 i think one of the things uh uh, uh what came to mind when I when I uh, read that question was uh, you know, uh, uh, the browser fingerprinting kind of solutions. you know they' they're, they're really good in that context. They, they do a fabulous job in trying to identify and, and identifying what client that is. And I think uh, I think we could take a leaf out of what they're doing and, and try and mimic it in other important areas of, of our systems. but yeah that' be that, yeah, a uh, very interesting study.
0: Brilliant. And um, how do you establish what is normal? So how often do you review the baseline for normal as you continue to scale?
2: Yeah, I think I'd, I'll take that. I think one um, is, is of course, uh, uh Every time you change the system is is the obvious time when you actually, any major changes to the system, you'd actually look at rebaselining, in terms of looking at each of the component, are you actually running some sort of non-functional testing, performance performance testing, and whether your metrics have changed, and, and what is... Uh, what is the new normal, or or have you actually not really changed uh, the dial at all, and and you're good with whatever metrics that you have? So that that should then follow through into your uh, thresholds for your monitoring systems as well. I think which is often uh, ignored. Uh, I think we monitoring is almost almost an afterthought uh, because that's not critical to the running of the of the software, uh, and it's it's only when you. When you have this incident, that say, "Oh, something happened, but the monitoring system didn't pick it up." Is when you say, "Ah, oh, we need to align this back to what what, what our uh, uh, settings were earlier." And, and that that's that's actually a missing process in a lot of organizations. We almost never look at uh, the monitoring system once it's set up uh, set up the first time. And this is an ongoing piece, which I think is 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 a is a real battle at times. And we don't have uh, platform engineers or uh, DevOps folks uh, focusing on this. And I, I think that goes back to your point about doing weekly reviews or even monthly, you know, just just to keep sanity in that system.
1: Yeah, you know, fortunately, I'm I'm a big fan of you know borrowing work from from other folks. Unfortunately, there's a lot of work that's out there. The the one that I'm a really big fan of um, might be a little bit outdated now, but Google Rails, um, you know, the, following the Google Rails model, there are some really great benchmarks that are now set based on a ton of research that's been done around understanding, you know, when, how to engage users, when, when are your users disengaged? Uh, you know, splitting out uh, performance measures and and measures with taxonomy like time to interactivity, time to render, and being able to separate that out and actually holding your build teams accountable for um, how how javascript is downloaded on 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 the front end so i think you know those models help establish a really great uh, great bar for what's expected from from platforms out there and i and i think that as a starting point can then feed into the back end teams you know for back end performance uh, you know if you if you are do you really need sub-millisecond latency, or you know, uh, do you need uh, multi-second latency? It it really depends, I think, on your use cases. But starting from again, you know, not to belabor this point, but starting from the front end where you're providing that user experience and then pushing that all the way to the back, I think that helps you understand what the expectations are for each of your services. Um, you know, and that can also help you pick the right systems. As well, you know, if you are servicing a, uh, you know, a site that requires, you know, it doesn't necessarily require a fast response. I don't know what kind of site that would be. But what that means is, you know, do you do you go in and invest in DynamoDB or a world, you know, a world class low latency database if you can't support if you don't? Um, if you can't support the cost. I think, you know, observability plays into that as well. So again, going back to what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Start there, understanding the customer requirement, understanding the experience that you want to deliver, and then overlaying the models that exist out there already. Uh, I think, you know, that allows you to at least um, start somewhere rather than starting with a clean slate.
2: Yeah, not really so no, that, that absolutely works. I'd look that up. I, I wasn't familiar with Google Reins, but yeah, uh, all, all that I've done so far in my, my career is Google Analytics and looking at those metrics and GTM now, I think that that's, that's been useful, uh, but it certainly isn't, um, uh, you know, uh, enough, I guess, at this point.
0: Fantastic. Some really, really good insights there, guys. Um, So moving on to the next one, um, so this is a question from Zach. It's, how have you resolved the cold start problem when you've gone into an organization or team with little to no metrics and lots of insertia? Are there some principles or tips that you can share? So Ketu, do you want to kind of kick yeah. things off? Oh,
2: I, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is this is essentially the case where uh, you have uh, an under-monitored system or, or the monitoring is just not up to scratch. And that that's actually quite often. Um, one of the things uh, that that uh, uh, I would actually do first is to actually run it as a separate project. Uh, I would actually uh, get someone to to be responsible for and and run it as a as a cross team project, and that actually gives that uh, that area of work the proper visibility it needs, and that that's uh, that that's, that would be the starting point. I think the the other is uh, if you are actually uh, building out new tools as part of the project, I think involvement from all of the uh, rest of the team is almost uh, a given because they would have some input and therefore some buy-in uh, to what is being built and how they're going to use it and how it's going to make their life so easy that that you know all of the uh, uh, parsing of logs and looking at all of those um, uh, rubbish messages at at uh, at midnight is going to be a thing of the past. I think that that's where. Uh, I think there's a lot of allure in, in trying to make our lives simpler. And we've all been through that uh, midnight call or, or 2 a.m. where you're looking at staring at something that, that just doesn't make any sense.
1: I, I totally agree. You know, I, this is an area where discipline is really important, and having a set of concrete metrics is so, so important, and standard dashboards, uh, really standardised dashboards go a long way you know, we talked about front end earlier, I'll, I'll focus maybe on back backend um, for, for this one. You know, anytime you have an API, the things that I am personally looking at are request volume, the types, you know, the request code and latency. If you can give me those three things uh, across say P50, P90, P99, that, that gives me so much visibility into what's actually happening on the service i'm i'm a happy camper you know i don't think you need to over over engineer beyond that but those those couple of metrics at different you know different percentiles go a long way
2: i think yeah yeah no great point yeah no, absolutely i think uh, that there's a lot of uh, uh, useful tools now uh, around traceability, and and that that's that's uh, you know uh, a lot better way of of working, getting the context of that particular request as well as uh, the the latency as part of some of these tools like Jaeger. I think I'm I'm looking at that very closely for some of our implementations here, and that that sort of uh, gives you the kind of uh, visualization that you need to really quickly identify where something may be wrong. And to your point, yes, if, if the, uh, y- you probably uh, wouldn't care about latency differences uh, of, of some milliseconds or even seconds in some cases. But if it were uh, a very large latency difference, then you obviously know that some, some potentially some services are unavailable on the back end. Uh, and that could actually have, have correlated issues back onto your front end as well. So you'd probably be getting a lot of alerts coming up from many different places at the same time uh and that that's that's actually very easy so usually i i i follow the process of triangulation as to where uh, i'm getting something from the front end uh, uh, the user experience side of things and and something from the back end to very quickly narrow down and address that problem no absolutely i think uh, there's some really cool tools now i think and and that that seems to be the way to go um uh, we've done a bit in terms of uh, uh you know log aggregation and a lot of tools do that very well uh, but I think there's there's a step forward in that in that journey uh, and we need to actually adopt that uh, a little more I, I guess uh, some organizations probably already do uh, I'm probably late to the game in this case uh, but but yeah
1: no totally you know you're actually highlighting something. That that I think is worth probably dissecting a little bit, and that's the different tiers of metrics that are important. You know, you talked about traceability, service to service, you know, tracer bullets, and how uh, how each of those those you know going down to the request level. A lot of teams that I that I work with start at that. You know, they're looking at the Rolls Royce of of metrics, but really start at the top, start at the very, very simple metrics, your request, request volume, latency, response codes. That can tell you more than you need to know about a service, especially at you know, 3 a.m. in the morning when it's down and you're trying to troubleshoot. Dissecting each of those requests in Datadog or Splunk, that, you know, that's going to lead you down a path of, uh, path of lots of red herrings and lots of different directions start at the top then i think you get get into your deeper level metrics and so on so i think that's maybe one of the that's actually something i'm taking away from you is from this chat at least is you know um uh tiering the metrics in a way where you are able to dive deep but start start with the basic ones yeah,
2: yeah. There's, there's this there's uh, this other issue uh, uh i think this was in my most recent work that i did at trix and uh, building a, a real-time market data system, which is streaming data, event-based, and uh, it, it, their resource contention was a really, really, really big issue, and latency was was even more. So we're looking at uh, sub-millisecond response times from uh, from from end-to-end. Not you can't really call it a response time, but but the time the the system ingests an order coming out of the market data system, and the time uh, till the user. Uh, receives it uh, at the other end as as a data stream uh, would be you know uh, in in milliseconds tens of milliseconds and that that actually was through the cloud and i found that uh, using anything even as simple as a a, a logging uh, mechanism just to to log the bare bones very very critical ex- exceptions was was a was a significant impact on the overall performance of the system so that that is the other extreme uh, I guess it's the 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 uh, one of the concerns that has been raised very often at after a point in time is that how uh, contentious those uh, monitoring systems are if you're running an agent on on some some node are they going to take up and are they going to cause some problems to your to your platform uh, but that that's that's again uh, uh, perhaps a lot. Uh, less of an issue with the current set of platforms that we have it, it, it's it's less less problematic i should say now but it's still an issue that, that I, I look at very closely uh, trying to identify some some platforms yeah. that that would be useful again it, it depends on the case uh, that you're trying to if you don't really care about latency as much it doesn't matter um, but uh, yeah absolutely
0: Amazing. It's really great to kind of draw on both of your experiences in this area and obviously both heading on, you know, kind of slightly different paths. Um, Do either of you have any kind of final closing comments or anything else that you'd like to add to kind of round the conversation up?
1: You know, I think um, if you are getting into this space, always start with the customer, work backwards from there. Uh, Nothing, you know, for me, that's a principle that's held true and uh, it's resulted in some really... um, uh, good output. That would yep. be my my words of wisdom to share, tani yeah.
2: brilliant. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. I think uh, you know my my way of thinking is is probably deep in the weeds, and and uh, often I have to remind myself that we are doing this for a purpose. We are actually getting uh, the system out, and that's a typical uh, you know uh, unfortunate uh, label that is given to us. In 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 my case, it may be justifiable as well, but. But absolutely, I think uh, the customer journey is 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 an absolutely uh, most important part of the whole thing. That's that's what we're do, doing all of these things for, anyway. Um, and and I think uh, for me, this uh, the lesson that that I've learned over the years is that this is a continuous process, and that you have to have uh, an absolute handle on on what you're doing, and all of these bits have to be looked at at design time so if you've got uh, your architects coming up with system with, with absolutely no mention of monitoring no mention of uh, uh, log aggregation then then they, they, they probably need to they, do their jobs better I think that that's that can't be an afterthought it has to be part of the part of uh, the design and then improved upon as part of uh, your testing process as well so and it's it's an ongoing pace you have to have a, a strong uh, very good handle on on, on these pieces.
0: Fantastic. So Ketu, Zach, thank you both so much for your time and sharing your knowledge with us. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you both.